Hello, and welcome to the Sit Down with Suzanne podcast. This is Suzanne, your host, and I am so excited to be here today. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I told you that I was going to have a very special guest on the show, and he's here with me today. So I'm going to have him introduce himself, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the show. So I'm going to do it a little differently today. Um, I know typically I read emails from the fans, uh, you know, answering questions, and I might answer some questions at the end, but I'm just so excited about today, and I want to talk about, um, you know, our topics. So I've mentioned on the podcast several times about mentorship and what it means to me. And I'm so excited to have with me today, Gabe, who is going to talk about mentorship. So I'm going to have him introduce himself and where he's from and what he does. So Gabe, welcome to the Sit Down with Suzanne podcast. Thank you so much. Uh, my name is Gabe Santner. I work at Quinn Sigamond Community College, and I run a mentoring program there called QCC Mentoring. So it's been almost two years so far, and I'm just very excited to keep expanding our program and tell the listeners a little bit about it. All right, wonderful. Well, thank you so much. So I met Gabe, um, I think, was it last year? Or yeah, last year, I'd gotten an email from him. So I'm a proud um, Wyvern um, QCC alumni. And uh, I do a lot of things going back to the school and volunteering and any opportunity that I have to give back. And Gabe had reached out to me and asked me if I was interested in being a mentor. And I actually, um, I said yes, but mentorship is so important to me because I think in school, um, in a professional field, and even in life, I think a mentor is helpful. And I did say yes, and I went there and I chatted with him. So I'm going to ask Gabe how the mentorship program at QCC, and I'm actually going to, before he does that, have him talk a little bit about what QCC is, where it's located, and then I'll have him talk about the mentorship program. Great. So Quinn Sigmund Community College is in Worcester, Massachusetts. It's the main community college for all of central Massachusetts. We have almost, uh, I think, 10,000 plus students in credit and non-credit bearing classes, about 6,000 students in credit bearing classes. It's a great place to work. It's a great place to go to school. We have campuses all over central Massachusetts, including a campus in Southbridge, multiple campuses in Worcester, and then the main campus is on West Boylston Street, right in Worcester, Massachusetts. So the mentoring program is just a program we started last year. We match students from QCC up with mentors from all over central Massachusetts and specifically Worcester. So this is a chance for students to really build their network to meet somebody from a different background of their own and a chance for mentors and businesses and companies and individuals from all over the city to really learn about this community institution of Quinn Sigmund Community College, because I believe it's the largest college in the city. We serve students from mainly Worcester Public Schools, so it's really a city community institution, and it's a great way for mentors to learn about QCC and the students that attend the college and really about the community that they live and work in. Oh, that's wonderful. So I mentioned that I'm an alumni at QCC and, you know, you talk about it being one of the biggest. And I remember years ago um, with QCC, what it was then to what it was now. And I'm just so proud of the, you know, the things that they have done, you know, from Dr. Carberry to Dr. Luis Pedro, um, you know, just some of the things that they have done to grow the school. So tell me what mentorship means to you and why you decided to, you know, start or revive that program. Sure. So 
I guess before I started at QCC, I worked in the Worcester Public Schools, and I worked on a couple different programs. I was a grant writer, and then I also ran a program called Worcester Hears, which helps students with uh, building trauma-sensitive schools and educational practices. And I was very disappointed. I liked the job, but a lot of the times students would go to college, they would succeed, pass all their classes, and really struggle with basic developmental classes with just the first year of college and drop out. And the numbers were pretty tough. And a lot of those students were going to QCC, but they were struggling in every college. So one of the grants I was working on full-time ended and this opportunity at QCC opened up where they wanted to start a mentoring program that included the community and that which just really sparked my interest because I'd been on the K-12 side for so long, you know, kindergarten through 12th grade, I was so excited to work in the college access point because I think college is very important for people in Worcester and there's so many jobs available, but you need some type of training to get into it. So for me, a mentor is so important in college, especially for a student that doesn't have anyone in their family that has gone to college before them, because you can really struggle with some basic things that you don't know you need help with. So a lot of students don't know that they can talk to their professors if they have an issue with an assignment. A lot of students don't know that we have tutors, that we have counselors, that we have financial aid advisors, that we have academic advisors that really want to help the student and that sometimes they just need someone to ask. So to me, a mentor, the most important thing is to be available and to have some guidance and advice and input that you can share with the student that, you know, can give them feedback that will help them succeed. I know I personally had a lot of mentors when I was a student at Clark University that I'm still in touch with today. The first professor I had, Sarah Michaels at Clark University, I email with her, I don't know, every two months, I just got an email from her the other day. She's met my family and it's just, I wouldn't have been able to succeed at Clark without her because my father never completed college. My mother did complete college in a master's program, but I was very stubborn and didn't want to ask for help from my parents at all. So having somebody to advise me to help me look at different career paths, to help me look at academic programs I might succeed in. I completely changed my own major in college. I went in thinking I would be a physics major and then saw calculus and didn't want to do that. So I switched over to communications right away with her guidance. So Without mentors of my own, I never would have been able to succeed either way. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, you mentioned calculus. For those of you who (laughs) listen to the podcast know I'm not a fan of math. (laughs) I have given a healthy respect. I do what I have to do to pass. But um, overall, I do. I respect math. I just want it somewhere far, far away from me. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) I think so. I mean, you know, it's funny. You mentioned that, you know, you were in the K-12 sphere and then, you know, you went over to the culture. So how was that to transition from K-12 to to college? It's uh, been a very interesting journey. I, In my graduate program, I did a lot of studying and I worked for an institution that was researching uh, K-12 and then higher education partnerships in large cities throughout America. So that was something from you know 2013 that I've been very interested in. And I did a lot of the grants in the Worcester Public Schools focused on college access. So, you know, facilitating these partnerships. So it was... I've always been interested in college access. I've worked on that throughout my career. I definitely was, it's been an interesting transition going from the K-12 to the higher education, just in terms of 
you know, what the work environment is like working with students. And for us at QCC, it's different than what most listeners will think of. It's a college experience, right? Mm -hmm. We have the average age in our mentoring program is 24 years old, which is obviously, you know, three Mm -hmm. years older than a four-year college traditional population looks like. So it's been interesting. It's been really great. It's been inspiring to meet so many students that are giving up a lot of time and energy and work to get their associate's degree at QCC. So it's been a great transition. Sometimes I do miss, I've worked with a lot of elementary schools in K to 12. So, you know, this is always cute and inspiring and great to see the kindergarten, first grade students. But um, overall, it's been a great transition and something that I've really valued being able to kind of shift my career focus in that area. Oh, that's wonderful. I mean, I personally believe that a mentor is a lifelong friend. I think when you start out, it's not a friendship relationship. It's a mentor. You know, you guide, you direct them to, like you mentioned, resources, because QCC has a wealth of resources that the students are not aware that they have access to, you know, the tutoring, uh, you know, the financial aid information and things like that. And, you know, you had brought up a point that a lot of times when these kids go to college, they don't have basic life skills. And I've always wondered about that, you know, because I think that they get out of high school, they don't know how to read a watch unless it's digital, which <laughs> <laughs> they just don't like the, the hour and the minute and they just don't get it's not something that's taught. They don't know how to balance a checkbook because you could just look at it online and things like that. So I feel like sometimes we get away from teaching basic skills. And you're right, when they go to college, like, off a sudden, they're, like, thrust into this world, and they're told you're an adult. And they have to navigate, and then they have to do their schoolwork and get all of this. So they do get overwhelmed. Then having that person to guide them and, you know, lead them to the resources where some might not want to ask for help, I think, you know, it's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, I was one of those students that didn't want to ask for help myself, so I understand where they're coming from. I know that a lot of the mentors use the students as kind of guides for where their relationship is going to go. So some students enter the mentoring program, maybe they already have a full career or bachelor's or master's in one area, and they're shifting careers completely. So they want somebody very professionally focused to help them guide them into this new career. Then we have some students that just graduated from high school, have no idea what they want to do with their life, with their major. And that's tough at QCC because, you know, students pay for each credit that they take. And you don't want to be wasting credits in a major that you're not going to complete because a lot of students want to finish up at QCC and then go into a four-year college after that. So we want, we hope the mentors can really help them just get a pathway to enter into that, you know, educational field that will fit their needs. So I think that it's a great opportunity for students to just learn a little bit about themselves, to do some self-reflection. A lot of the time of the mentoring activities that we suggest cause students to really reflect on their own path, on their major, on their aspirations, on what type of career they're most interested in. And sometimes it's tough to take the time to do that when you are a full-time student, when you struggle to get to and from campus, when you have a full-time job with unreliable hours, which is what many students deal with. So for me, I think just even taking the time to have a conversation about yourself and learn about somebody else's journey can really be beneficial to students to make the right choice. Okay, wonderful. You know, I I mean, again, I know you mentioned that, you know, the average age for a QCC student is about 24. 
Yeah. And I mean, that is unique. Um, I actually, when I went back to QCC, I was in my thirties. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was very different for me. And I, you know, I was married with kids. I was very involved in the community, involved in my church. Um, I had a full-time job and, you know, here I was trying to go to school full-time. So, I mean, the mentoring program wasn't there when I was there, mm-hmm. but, you know, I think, and I mean, I've always had a pretty good head on my shoulder, but I had to be very strategic in planning, you know, my activities, my school and my classes and everything so that I'll succeed. Because if I didn't, um, you know, I absolutely would have failed. And I know sometimes some people struggle with just that, just, okay, you know, where do I go? It's overwhelming, you know, and even though QCC offers, you know, online classes, I think a lot of people don't realize like online to me is brutal. Oh yeah. Definitely. <laughs> it's, it's more work. Definitely. It is. They assume that, you know, oh, I'm online. So it's, no, it's not. It's a lot of work. It was easier to go to one class during the week and things like that. So I was able to navigate that. And I think that's why I was so excited to go back and give back because a lot of the adults that go back to school, they're trying to figure it out. And some of them have been going there for such a long time. You know, I've heard, you know, 10 years, just getting a credit here and a credit there and just not quite knowing how to focus um, where to say, okay, do I choose a major? Do I just get credit or what do I do with these credit? Um, And I think, you know, that's what the mentoring does. It helps them to kind of streamline, to kind of hone in, to kind of decide on something. So you know, thank you for that. So you started the mentoring program last year. Um, where has it gone from? So tell me from the beginning to where it is now. What are some of the changes your mouse brought out? Sure. So we actually took a couple smaller mentoring programs that were already on campus and doing pretty well. Um, a program called Brothers and Keepers, which was about, I believe, six years in. And a program called SHE, which stands for Support, Help, and Courage, which was focused on female students. Both of those programs were mentoring programs that matched students up with faculty and staff on campus. And between them, they had about 35 to 40 matches. So that's like 40 students that are being served by a little bit less than that faculty and staff. When I was brought in, they really wanted to expand those programs to bring in community members and to just become a little bit more cohesive in terms of it's not necessary in this day and age to have separate programs for men and women, for different academic majors. If mentoring is the goal, right, it's building a relationship, that a lot of those can relationships can go across different career paths or majors or genders or age or ethnic backgrounds, anything. It doesn't really matter those differences in law, as long as both people go in with an open mind. So once I came in, we kind of combined those two programs and added in this element of bringing in community members to be mentors, because that was not an option previously. So in our first year, we had a lot, a lot of students sign up for the mentoring program. We had over 200 applicants. And in our second year, we have uh, right now 135 matches, which means that 135 students are matched up with a mentor, almost all of those with a mentor that's only working with them. So that right there makes it one of the larger programs, definitely in the city. And just it's a pretty large for a college mentoring program to have that many students participating. And we have, I think, 90, almost 90 mentors from the community that have signed up. So, so many folks that were working in local businesses or nonprofits or, you know, 
other colleges or just folks that are retired even, a lot of them have come back to give back to the community. And I'd say that community aspect, bringing people in, having them learn about QCC has just been really, really rewarding to me because a lot of people thought we were crazy for doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. And, um, I'm sure they did. We learned from some other colleges that, you know, have tried similar aspects and they told me that it was a struggle sometimes to have to mesh this community college environment, which can be hectic and difficult to schedule. And it's not the same as a four year college that most of the folks in the mentoring program attended to then bring in these outside people. Um, but our president, President Pedraja, didn't view them as outsiders. He viewed them as future community partners. And uh, it's really been successful. We have entered a program called uh, Core Partners of QCC Mentoring, which means any business that sends 10 or more mentors becomes a core partner of the program. And that means that we send students out to their job site to do a tour of their company and we do an info session with, you know, mentors and other folks that work at their site. We will match up the mentors from that company with students directly in their career field hoping to, you know, make a pipeline for future employees. And so some of our core partners are AbbVie Biopharmaceutical, which is matched with all of our biology, biotech, chemistry students. And they've hired a couple of the mentees already right away within the first year. And we have Hanover Insurance that's coming on in the spring. We have the city of Worcester is actually one of our core partners. And we have firefighters, police officers, teachers, uh, people in the public health department, people who work in city hall have all come in to be core, to be mentors, which is amazing in different areas. So just this idea of of whole community coming together to support the community college is something that we've grown faster than I expected. And I've just been so proud of the way Worcester's kind of come forward to join this program. Oh, that's awesome to where you started, to where you are now. And you mentioned so many core partners. So, I mean, kudos to those companies that are stepping in. And for the other companies that are listening, please um, <laughs> join up. So and I just want to say not to interrupt, uh, our newest core partner, UMass Memorial, was really great to bring in because we had a huge wait list last year mainly healthcare focused students because we were just looking at, you know, trying to find doctors and nurses and practitioners of medicine to participate. And just the schedules did not work out. It's very difficult for folks in those fields to, you know, come during business hours to volunteer. It's yeah. just not feasible. So we actually worked with UMass and developed this relationship. And now they have folks that started in those areas, like as practitioners, and are now higher up as leaders in the hospitals and administrators and in the business areas that have come in. We have, I think, like 14, 15 mentors from UMass, and they've been able to really give great guidance to students in the healthcare field, and we've really gotten rid of that waitlist. So that's been a great core partner for us that we just brought in that took a lot of planning. You know, UMass is a huge organization. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they were able to identify potential mentors. We ran training for their staff. And it's just been wonderful getting to know this, you know, 
it's not. I don't even know if I'd call it a company just because of the size. It's really an institution. It's, in Worcester. it's Massachusetts. Yeah. It's yeah. UMass. It's not even. It's all over. Everybody know about UMass, yeah. no matter what part of the state or the you know the country you're from. That's awesome, though. Yeah, and we have folks very high up at UMass participating too. So it's it's been very exciting. To That's outstanding. I mean, the QCC, and you know, I'm not even going to talk about much today. The nursing program at QCC is one of the best. Oh yeah. It is outstanding. So if you're interested in a nursing program, you know, check that out. It's one of the best in the state. Um, I, I mean, probably in the whole country. And that's just incredible that UMass, they're great partners. Mm -hmm. I love UMass, had both my kids at UMass <laughs> Hospital. So, I mean, nothing bad to say about them, but that's really great. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you have so much wealth of information and so much. So I just want to ask, so how does a student at QCC get into the mentoring, uh, the mentee program? If they want to be a mentee, they want to get a mentor. So for students, we just have a very short online application that you can just go onto our website. It's just qcc.edu slash mentoring. And a student just fills out the online application and then we'll call them or they can come into our office and we'll do a quick interview with the student to make sure that we have all the information we need to successfully match them up. And then once they've gone through that interview, basically I'll match them with a mentor that is waiting for a student. So right now we have about 15 slots left, right? If it's a good match, I'll match them with a current mentor. And then if there isn't really a career match or what the student's looking for, I will go out into the community and try and find somebody in that specific area. Um, so that's what it looks like on the student side. It's just an application and interview. Then for mentors, it's very similar. They just fill out a similar application, right, qcc.edu slash mentoring. Then they'll come into QCC, they do a background check and another interview with me. And we have about a two-hour training that we ask the mentors to go through in the first, you know, semester that they're matched up with a student. So between those two entry points, it's not, doesn't take long. The mentors and mentees meet once a month for an hour or less. We really want to respect everyone's time. Then we have additional events that you can kind of enhance the experience by doing. We have tours, we have workshops. We have a workshop today at noon, actually, that I'm headed over to. Um, we do a workshop about once a month, a trip about once a month. We are going to try and do some pickup sports. We'll do some tours of different areas of QCC. So it's a really expansive program that can be helpful. All right, wonderful. So I know how the students, the mentees get started, how the individual, how the companies, if you're a company listening to you, it's like, you know, mm -hmm. I want us to get involved. How do they get involved? So if anybody's interested in becoming a core partner, I would say you could just reach out to me um, at QCC. It's just gsantner at qcc.mass.edu. And maybe we'll be able to publish, you know, the website um, wherever the podcast is being published. But you just reach out to me and we have a conversation about the company's needs. You know, we really do want people signing on as core partners to view this as a chance to find future employees as well. So we find areas within the company that you might have needs in terms of entry level jobs for students. And then also just look at what type of employees you have that would want to be mentored. And then from there, we will come to your company. We'll do info sessions for potential mentors. We'll do training on site for each company that signs up. And then um, we bring them in just the same individual process for each mentor. You do have to do an interview. You do have to do a background check at QCC. And that's the process. And then we'll, you know, we do a nice announcement as well in the 
fall and spring kickoff for all of our core partners. So. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, I it's pretty easy to me. <laughs> I, I felt it was pretty easy, you know, like the interview I did interview with Gabe and, you know, the background check and all that, because, I mean, those are things that you do have to do. Um, it's been very rewarding for me. I've had a few mentees, um, you know, that I've developed relationships with, and I feel that I've been able to help them and more than anything, just guide them to the different resources that are at QCC that a lot of them are not are not aware, you know, that they have. So that is fantastic. So let me ask you another question. Um, did you model your program after any that you knew? I mean, I know you talked a little bit about it, but was there any specific model that you looked at any other colleges or? Yes. So there's two main places that we got our inspiration from. The first is uh, I talked very extensively with uh, STEM mentoring program, science, technology, engineering, and math at Mass Bay Community College. They already were running a similar program only for their STEM focused, you know, students. But they had, I took many aspects of that from them. So the core partner program they already had developed and I just said, wow, that sounds like a great idea. So, you know, we borrowed that. Um, they gave us a lot of info about what type of workshops to run, how to do outreach to companies, how to do outreach to individual mentors. So we took a lot of that from them, and that was a, it's a great relationship. I've talked several times with the woman who runs the program over there. And then also for our training, for our program policies, how to make sure that the mentors and mentees are safe, how to make sure that you give them enough resources to actually have a successful relationship, you know, what type of questions to ask in the application, what type of questions to ask in the interview. We actually get all of that from a company, a nonprofit called Mass Mentoring Partnership, which is a umbrella under an umbrella of mentor.org. They're really the leaders in developing research-based mentoring practices throughout America, and then also in mass mentoring for Massachusetts. So they actually came out to us. We got a grant to develop our training, develop our onboarding process for mentors, and they gave us some great insight into how to make sure we screen the mentors to make sure everybody's appropriate to work with students, how to make sure we're providing the students with enough information about a mentoring relationship to actually have, you know, a successful opportunity. Because if a student doesn't know what they're getting into, you're kind of setting them, to, them up for failure by just saying, okay, go talk to this random stranger who's older than you, right? It's, okay. It doesn't work, yeah. Not at all. Um, and a lot of the students will say, oh, I want a mentor, but they don't know what type of questions to ask, or they don't know why am I talking to this person? Or they don't know, if they don't come with questions, it can be kind of an awkward meeting, right? It is. So um, we worked with those two organizations as models for us. Um, Mass Bay, really, on how to do a college mentoring relationship, and then Mass Mentoring Partnership, and how to just make sure what we were doing is based on research and based on best practices within mentoring. Even though it is a college program, which is different than a lot of the mentor programs that people might think of, mm -hmm. which is youth-based mentoring. So that's where we got our inspiration from, and I really value the relationship we have with both of those organizations. Oh, that's awesome. So I know, you know, you said that when you were starting out, I know a lot of people were saying, you know, it's different. It's challenging. I mean, what isn't challenging, right, to do something like that at a community college? Um, and, you know, you went ahead and did it anyway. So what advice would you give to a college that would per se think in a start in their own mentoring program? I think for us, 
having structure was very valuable um, in bringing on mentors and keeping relationships going. Um, so we have a very by the book application process for mentors and for mentees. We have each month what we call an area of focus, which is just some conversation topics that you can use for your mentoring match each month. We have events that we send out multiple notifications for. We really encourage people to participate. So these are all ways that we can make sure that the person volunteering their time has the most impact. And also they feel like before they sign up, they have an idea of what they're getting into. Um, a lot of the times people want to volunteer, they want to give back to their community, but we all have families, jobs, you know, hobbies, anything that might get in the way of that volunteering time. So if you dedicate time to volunteer, you want to make sure you're actually going to have an impact. You want to mm -hmm. make sure that it's rewarding for yourself, that you can learn something from it. Um, so by putting into place very almost rigid structures like that, we make sure that mentors and mentees have a better understanding of what they're getting into. It's not kind of just like, okay, meet this random person and hope it goes well. <laughs> okay. um, and some mentoring <laughs> programs are like that. And for youth-based yes. youth mentoring, maybe that's more appropriate, right? Because okay. it's more about just get a good relationship rather mm -hmm. than, you know, have some serious outcomes in terms of academic success, career success, college success. Um, but for a college mentoring program where students are so busy, you don't have them kind of capture, like a youth-based mentoring program that takes place, it's called site-based, right, at school. Students have to show up, right? They go to school. Yeah. It's not like that at a college environment, especially a community college environment where students don't live on campus. Mm -hmm. Like if a student forgets that they have a mentoring session and then they realize 15 minutes ahead of time and they're not on campus, they're not going to make it. Whereas when I was in college, all the time I would totally forget that I had an appointment with my advisor. And then I would just, you know, leave my dorm room and I'm there. Whereas it's not like that for community college students who, who commute to campus. So it takes more planning. It takes more logistics. It can be difficult, but we've had a pretty good success so far. Um, and we added in more structure in our second year for this very reason, to make sure that students know exactly what they're getting into. Um, they're not going to feel suddenly like they don't know why they signed up or what they're going to get out of it. They know exactly what they're going to get out of it because we interview every single student. Okay, wonderful. So, I mean, it sounds like you have a staff of about 100, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, we work with a lot of people within the college who give us support, who help Good. us with workshops. But right now it's me as full-time working on the program. And then we have a part-time student outreach specialist who really interviews all the students, reaches out if a student might need to be pushed to, you know, talk to their mentor. They can help us in that initial student contact. Um, and then we have a little bit of administrative support part-time as well, but it's uh, really right now a small staff and a large program, so something that we hope to, you know, keep expanding as Expand. well. Okay, yeah. well, I mean, if you can do all that with the, <laughs> <laughs> with the staff that you have, I'm, I, I, I can't imagine what you're going to do when, you know, you have a staff up that 100. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. So we've talked a lot about, you know, mentoring and things like that. And I actually wanted to talk about one of the activities that we did the other day, because like I mentioned, I'm a mentor and we did recess. So that was fun and that was yeah. unusual. Um, so it's like adult size games. Uh, <laughs> I really struggled to describe this uh, place that we went. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it. Uh, no, you go ahead. All right. I, okay. You tell them. What is it? So recess is a place that was suggested 
by a member of our staff at QCC who's on our mentoring team. And it's a new place where adults and really kids too can go and do indoor large games. Do they have a kickball arena? They have a human foosball. They have, you know, bowling, um, all types of activities basically. And we use it as a team building event. So we had, and a social event. So we had students and mentors come. They led us through a couple of games. We just had pizza. And then it was just a chance to really socialize between the students and between the mentors. So this year, our uh, kind of slogan for the mentoring program is making connections, building community. And some of the feedback we got in our first year is that the mentoring program was helpful, but very focused on professional connections and academic success. And sometimes with every event we had was focused on those two areas, which we did purposefully. It's hard to build a natural relationship with somebody if there's no socializing, if there's no fun, if there's no casual mm-hmm. time to just sit down and enjoy, you know, something fun or silly or pizza or something like that. Mm-hmm. So this year, we're re- including that recess trip. We're trying to add in these social events that to me, as somebody that could be a little bit introverted, I don't always enjoy, but... You know, once you kind of let your guard down, it is really fun. And we're going to add in some pickup sports as well for students and mentors to do together. We'll try and do more focus on the gym and having mentors go and use the gym with their students. We'll do some work in our fabrication lab, which is like an open source 3D printing lab at QCC that's open to anyone, mentors or mentees. So just ways to have these relationships include some social fun elements rather than only be focused on professional academic you know activities so for me that was feedback we got from students Mm. um and it was really great feedback from them so i'm happy to add that in this year that's good i mean you can only grow right i think last year you know you were just starting out and things like that and i mean you're thinking mentor mentee professional and i think that was very beneficial for them to get that exposure to the professional field Mm -hmm. but you're right adding that social element um does impact the student because they get to see their mentors in a different capacity and you know i mean a lot of socializing happen at work. So when you're in the professional field, you have to be able to socialize. It's a really good point. Yeah. And another thing I loved about that event is that we invited mentors and mentees to bring their families with them. So we had one mentor and one mentee that both have two kids and they all brought their kids and the kids played together and the mentor and mentee were able to meet. So I think it's just a way to show mentors and mentees that it's okay that People are non-traditional college students Mm -hmm. with kids or with jobs or with families. And the mentors can see that, too. So I think that's just a better way to get to know somebody, right? Um, And especially, like you said, the professional world, you do have to socialize. You do have to go to networking events or mixers or stuff like that. So it's helpful to learn how to conduct yourself professionally, but also socially that's a skill that you have to build no absolutely and you know you mentioned that you're an introvert I mean I'm an extrovert I think (laughs) everybody knows that and (laughs) I think some people um you know when they're an introvert they do want to shield away from the social um sphere they don't want to go out there but you know you have to you absolutely have to so stepping outside that box yeah I mean I was I had a couple students that I was a mentor for last year and one of them and I really do try and focus on my mentoring to be, I was, you know, professional, giving them advice on academics, on how to, you know, 
connect to the right resources at QCC. And finally, the student, after telling me how he'd been struggling and I was really going through the different resources we had. So let's say he was saying he was struggling on time management and feeling motivated because he was so tired from work and school at the same time. And I was trying to go through and give him solutions, right? So could you change your hours? Could you take less classes? Because he was taking like five classes at a time. And finally, he just sighed and was like, did you ever struggle with this? Were you ever feeling like not motivated in college or depressed in college? And I was like, yeah, you know what? I did. I took mm-hmm. worked many, many jobs at Clark, much more than my friends. I really pushed myself academically and at times felt, you know, isolated like he did. And I had to really, he pushed me to open up myself, mm-hmm. um, which I was not doing beforehand. And it helped me learn to be a better mentor and to share a little bit about my own path um, that I wasn't doing before because, you know, I could be introverted. I could try and focus on those professional academic areas. So I was really thankful that he asked me that question and that it kind of just showed me that we built a better connection because of that. It helped him, I think, see that somebody that, you know, he might view as, you know, a professional or had success also struggled with those exact same issues. And I think almost anybody that goes through college will struggle with that lack of motivation, right? Mm. Uh, feeling like you're overwhelmed with work. So it's good to just be open about it with the students. Ah, the students become the master. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So again, for those of you who know me, know that I like uh, movie references. So that was from the Karate Kid. Oh, right? yeah, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> so you do learn from, you know, the mentees. And, and that's really great um, that, you know, he felt comfortable asking you that because, uh, you know, sometimes you're right. They look at you and you're so put together and whether you're faking it till you make it, but you know, cause I mean, we do that sometimes, right. But that he felt comfortable enough to ask you that and that, you know, you were able to share. I think that's, what's so great about a mentor and a mentee, you know, that relationship of trust, that yeah. sharing, that learning, that guiding. And sometimes the guidance comes from the mentee because they could say to you, you know, I, I'm expecting this and I'm not getting this. And you realize that, you know, I am holding back and you sharing that with them was able to help him more than how, you know, maybe something else wasn't just like, oh, you know, look at him now, but he struggled just like me. Because I think a lot of times when you're struggling with something, you feel isolated, right? Definitely. You feel like I'm the only one who's ever gone through this. I'm the only one who's ever struggled in college and things like that. And having somebody share that with them would have been, must have been very beneficial. Yeah. And I think also just so many mentors enter this, including myself, right? Thinking you're going to be the solution to all these students' problems. (laughs) And that's not what we're doing, right? We're there for the students to talk to, to bounce ideas off of to feel heard because a lot of times that's all it takes is just giving them a chance to talk about their issues. And I've had so many mentors come to me and just say, I just don't think I'm having an impact or like, I don't think I'm doing enough. And I say, well, your job isn't to solve every single one of their problems is to meet with them once a month and make them feel like they have somebody that has their back. Um, And that's hard for some mentors to come to terms with because you do get invested in someone. You want them to succeed. You want them to feel happy. but sometimes it's just life can be hard and, yeah. you know, you, it's good to struggle through things and come through on top. So I think that was something that I learned the more mentoring that I did, um, that it's OK for the students to struggle. It's, mm-hmm. You can't you can't go and solve every single problem down the line for them. Yeah. And uh, 
that's a learning process that definitely the students will help you with. <laughs> uh, wonderful. Well, you know, I actually, so I've been a mentor. I've been a mentor for a long time for a lot of folks. I'm not at the college level till I started with you. And I read that booklet and I will say that it was very helpful to read because it gave a couple of pointers of what a mentor wasn't. They, were, they weren't there to help the kids financially, the students financially, because that will open up a whole can of worms yeah. and different relationship. And, you know, you're not there to be, you know, their psychiatrist and, you know, things like that. And I think those pointers were very helpful because you're right. We're empathetic, right? Hopefully. And we want to solve problems. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm a mother, I'm a minister. So, you know, I might give me a problem. I will attack it. I will fix it. But going in and then seeing that's it, that's not what you're there for. You're a guide, you're a resource. And if you could help, you know, certainly help and lead them and other, but you know, I, not going to go in there and, you know, take this kid and fix their marital problem, their, you know, their relationship with their kids, their pastor, their deacon, their boss, and, you know, and everything, and then have this whole person come out. So I think that's important to know. Yeah, I think that that's one of the main things that people get out of the training that we offer is exactly what is your role. So we talk about what mentors have you had in your own life, and then what we expect from mentors for us. Um, and I think the distinction between a college-based mentoring program and a youth-based mentoring program is difficult for some folks as well. Um, I know that there's another mentoring program that we work with that the mentors and mentees meet once a week, right, with a 12-year-old, 13-year-old, 14-year-old, whatever. You can really solve a lot of issues, help them with their homework, right? The students that I mentored, I could not help them with their homework at all, right? They were all doing deep science classes, calculus classes, whatever. I was just like, I'm sorry that you're struggling with that. Here's real places you could go. But, you know, I could maybe look at a paper, but that's about it. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, I think that's helpful for people entering a college mentoring program to learn that these are adults. Everybody's over 18. Um, they're here to build skills mm -hmm. and not to have all their problems solved. We're not social workers. We're not psychiatrists, we're not psychologists, we're not tutors, we're not career advisors. We aren't, and we have all those. Yeah. Um, and a lot of students don't know to go to them for help. So that's really, we say, I think in the book, a term, guide on the side, oh, okay. right? And uh, that's really what we think. It's on the side. You're not their main no. person to go to. You're somebody that they can just go for a quick piece of advice. You can be, because then, you know, if you become, then they could develop this codependent relationship. And, you know, if for any reason that the relationship is severed, meaning, you know, you move away, they move on, then they just could spiral. So yeah. you have to be very mindful of that. And yeah, I mean, I'm not a tutor, believe me. <laughs> um, math, I've talked about math a lot, and I really do love math. Um, when I was going to QCC, I, I struggled with math, and Professor Shiba Masood, I don't know if he's still there, he ran a math boot camp. Oh, yeah. That, yep. Yes, and I remember him saying, you have to love math. You have to say you love math. I mean, it worked. I said it until I passed the class, <laughs> but it was just like, so no, I do not want to be a math tutor. But that's something that I've been able to share a little bit with my mentees because, you know, I think so many students come to QCC and they're terrified of math. Yeah. And the fact is you need math for a lot of areas. Everything. So I was able to go through most of my undergrad career avoiding math completely. Uh, I took some economics classes that, you know, was helpful and I enjoyed them a lot, yeah. but it wasn't the same type of math that students are doing. And then in my graduate program, which was an education policy, there was so much math in terms of analyzing statistics. So mm -hmm. 
like quantitative research, and they forced you to learn it. Um, and yeah. I share with my students, the my students I mentor, I'm like, you know what? Because it was so focused in the field that I was interested in, in the statistics, I was really able to get into it and learn it a lot better than I ever did in high school yeah. um, as a 22-year-old, right? So it's like, I think that just some experiences like that, if you're able to contextualize the learning, which you can do in college, mm-hmm. it really makes it a lot easier. And that can also help students a little bit understand that it's not like high school math anymore. Yeah. It's different. It's might be harder, but it's going to be more interesting as well. And there's sure. no standardized tests at the end that you have to blast. No. <laughs> okay. So I like math. Sure. Um, but <laughs> no, I, you know, it's funny. Same thing. I mean, I didn't do a lot in my undergrad, but I'm getting my master's now and I just did managerial finance and oh, yeah. it was intense. I, I mean, I got an A for the class, but <laughs> I worked harder than I've ever worked just to get that grade. So I'm glad that, you know, there's tutors and stuff that, you know, can help them with that. I could personally have this keep going with this conversation. So I know that you have another event today, but I really want to thank you. And I appreciate you coming here and talking to us at the sit down with Suzanne show about mentorship. It's something that's very important to me. And, um, you know, my brand, which is positively Suzanne, as I grow and expand, I'm, that is something that I'm looking to get into. I do life coaching, but just mentorship. And, you know, I'm honestly going to be focused more on teen girls. Mm -hmm. Um, As a mother of a teen girl, I see some of the things they go through with bullying and things like that. So I'll absolutely tap into you for some resources when I decide to go there and just how to get it started and more structured and more formal and things like that. But I think you're right. What you said, you know, you have to have a game plan in mind. You have to have resources. You have to have partners that has done it um, and can give you great tips and pointers. And, you know, I don't want to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, um, I never do. I never, <laughs> I, because in my old job, I also was starting a program from the ground up. And yeah. um, I just, the only advice I have, because this is the second program that we really started from very little and yeah. gotten to be pretty large, um, is just do what has worked in the past. It just is not necessary to do some brand new thing. People have very, very innovative, interesting models in almost any area in education or mm-hmm. mentoring or any social area. And the yeah. great thing about the so you know the nonprofit world, the social justice world, or whatever, is people are doing it because they want to help others. So mm-hmm. I could call I called so many college mentoring programs, yeah. and just nobody was competitive. Nobody was hiding their secrets. People were so excited, shared where they struggled. Yeah. you know shared what what worked uh, and i think that in a city like Worcester especially so many people are open to do that i've met with mentoring programs throughout the city um, Wonderful. i have friends who work in them so it's just something that the only advice i'd give somebody starting a program like that is just ask others for help don't be afraid to take the time to get it right in the beginning to plan to do it right because if you start something in a disorganized way it's very hard to come back from that but Absolutely. it's easier to go Start hyper, hyper organized and then make exceptions if you need to make exactly. exceptions. Yeah. All right. That's wonderful. So three points I'm trying to get to. So not only do you run the program, you have personal mentees. Oh, yeah. Holy mm-hmm. cow. Okay. <laughs> All right. So but again, it's not that much of time commitment. Once <laughs> okay. a month. Yeah, All right. once a month. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so great. So that's telling us we can do it no matter what's on our plate, right? Yes. The second thing you said that, you know, there was no competition. There was just resources. Never. Utilize everyone as a resource. Like wonderful. So. So, and then 
what is your future goal? Like, where do you see the program going from here? Let's wrap that up with this. So President Pedraja, his goal is to have every student at QCC have a mentor, which is 6,000 credit-bearing students. <laughs> oh, wow. So that's our dream <laughs> goal. Um, my goal for next year is to have 200 matches. Oh, wow. So that would be about adding 50 mentors because we do have you know, a surplus of mentors. And then... I want to find a way for myself to show students that this is something that is not much of a time commitment and that's a huge benefit because most students who turn it down say that they just don't have time for it. And as busy as anyone is, once a month for one hour, you have time for it. It's doable. So, and especially because the mentors are so open to working with the student's schedule. So that's my personal goal is to find a way to pitch this program to students that doesn't make it seem like a burden. I want it to feel like a responsibility, but something that will help them and will benefit them and was worth, you know, the small amount of time that it goes into. And I'm not sure that we found the perfect pitch in that way. We've gotten really good at pitching the program to mentors. We've gotten really good at pitching it to a smaller section of students. I Mm -hmm. want it to be that we have hundreds of students applying every single year. Absolutely. I mean, as a mentor, I will tell you that I value the program. I think it's very needed. I think it's very useful. And I think, you know, you're right. You've just got to figure out how to get it to the masses. And, you know, when they realize, you know, it's once a month, um, the mentors and mentees can be very flexible within their own schedule. And, you know, you can make it work. Oh, yeah. You can make it work. It's and we've we've that. gotten more flexible. Last year, we said you had to meet at QCC, mm-hmm. um, one of our campuses. And it wasn't working for some mentors. It wasn't working for some mentees. And so this year, we were allowing mentors to invite the students to meet at their work site, which lets the mentors be more flexible with what time they meet. Mm-hmm. And we just say, if the student has transportation, you can invite them and just meet in a public spot in your site. And we've been able to have so many more successful matches already. And it's great for the students to go see somewhere. So that was kind of us rolling back our very strict guidelines because it was an actual need of the students and the mentors. So wonderful. Um, that's those are the type of things that I think we could keep doing in the future. That's wonderful. I mean, honestly, I'm very impressed with the program. I was impressed when you invited me there and just the growth over the years, different things that you're learning, the things that you've mentioned on this podcast that you know you're doing, that you seek to do. And I, I think it will absolutely be successful. And I think President Pedraja's goal or vision or mission are, you know. Yeah, so any mentors, <laughs> any potential mentors, sign up because we need 6,000 more. So Yeah, good luck with that. I am personally going to reach out to my company yeah. and find out. I won't mention them by name just in case because um, I do have a few people listening. So I do want to speak to them personally to see if that's something that they could do that could sign up and I will continue to touch base with my fans. I'll touch base with the people that I know in my professional life and my social life Wonderful. to see if it's something that they would like to do Great. because I think it's rewarding. I thank think it's so an outstanding. Much. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on. I thank appreciate you. it. Um, I love QCC. President Prashaha, I do have an interview with him that I'm hoping to air soon. It will be on my YouTube channel. I got the opportunity to sit down and chat with him once. Um, just an incredible human being. Um, just his vision, um, his empathy, um, how he cares for people. And I think it's reflected just in the people like within you, you know, the people that I've met at QCC have just been so open in their desire to help others succeed. Yeah. And I think that's worthwhile. I'll say before I, first of all, thank you for being a mentor and inviting me on the podcast. I just want to echo, um, what you said, Suzanne, about President Pedraja. I've worked at a couple different places. I've had very competent, you know, bosses and all of them, but 
he really goes beyond in terms of expecting a lot, a lot of his staff members and the people who work at QCC, but balancing that with, like you said, amazing empathy for the students, amazing empathy for the staff, and just allowing people to take risks and to be innovative and to work together in ways that not a lot of colleges and, you know, he oversees over a thousand staff. And um, I've seen so much inspiration from people that have been at QCC for a long time that really are now taking risks and working together in ways that they haven't before. So if you're on the fence about working at QCC or attending QCC, know that it's led by a wonderful, wonderful uh, leader in the, in the school. So. Okay, now I was trying to end the podcast and sure. now you had to go do that. But um, he it really is yeah, wonderful. And my interview with him was just incredible. I loved it. And I can't wait to show it because he talks a lot about his upbringing and, you know, just some of the things that he do. But one of the most amazing things, though, is like whenever I go to an event and I see him, like, I mean, he's Dr. Pajar. He's the president of QCC. But you don't see that when he's there. He's a very intelligent man. But he's just there with the students, with yeah. everybody. He's eating chips and... <laughs> just talking and just yeah. listen. He's just like one of the regular guys until somebody's like, oh, you know, that's the president. I mean, I knew him, but then when you say, it's like, oh, okay. Like, he's normal. And I'm thinking, yes, he's normal. Yeah. He's just no airs about him. He's with you. And I went to a uh, summer bridge program and we were expecting to have a bunch of students come and it ended up, I think, being four students on the day that he came. And he was scheduled to come and, you know, welcome them to the college and you know, there's four students, not that many compared to how his, you know, level of stature within the college. And he sat down for like an hour and a half, talked with the students. We had lunch, you know, learned about each of them individually. They were shocked that he was the president. They said, whoa, you're the president of the college? And he said, yep. <laughs> yeah. You know, he talked with them in Spanish or English, whatever. Yeah. And um, I see, still see all four of those students are on campus every day, a year later. So it's like. Yeah. He really will take the time. I went he to does. a soccer game with my wife at QCC the other day. It was a little bit drizzly. There's not that many fans out. And he just walks up, hangs out of the game for a little bit. There's no one there to see if he's – it's not like yeah. he's making an appearance. He just is interested. He cares about the students. He cares about the college. So, And he I think that it's – shown top down from the people that work there as well no it does well it's funny because when i um i emailed him the secretary or somebody to invite him on the show um i of course returned to this big speech you know and why and why and why and i mean he was just like okay <laughs> and he had responded back to me and then i was like i for some reason went into my spam and it was like a couple of months and i'm like okay what's going on and then finally his secretary emailed me and says you know when is the date what's going on and i'm like what are you talking talking about yeah and I saw that he had responded the same day I reached out to him yeah. and just say yes and here I was ready to you know hire a lawyer to convince him <laughs> really <laughs> but I was ready to sell myself to him like why you should be on the show and he was just like yes so that was great but again thank you so much I really thank truly you. appreciate it I can't wait to hear this episode um, I think it's going to be beneficial for everyone who is a mentee looking for a mentor who's a mentor looking to find a way to give back for companies who want to give back um, I think it's great it's beneficial I've been touched by it and I know that you will be too so thank you Gabe thank you very I really much. appreciate it have a great day All right. so until next time this is Suzanne and Gabe Sandner. Signing off. Thank you.